Hello, I'm Kristen Perman, and this is Updates You Didn't Ask For. Hi, friends. It is pre-dawn o'clock, and I'm watching the sun come up. I mean, that's not really true. I'm not watching the sun come up. I'm just noticing the sky getting um, lighter, and it makes me happy that sun rises earlier and earlier. Of course, when we spring forward in a couple months, that will change, but I do like since I'm such an early riser, I very often don't go to the beach right now because it's too dark down there and I get scared. Um, I don't know why I get scared, but I just do. It's a little creepy. And I feel vulnerable because when I'm on the beach, on my particular little beach, I walk down a little ramp and it's it's kind of a cove. And so there's nowhere for me to go. I'm pretty much trapped which is why I've been bringing my uh, flashlight taser down to the beach with me. Nothing's going to happen to me, but you never know. And I would just rather feel, I'm sorry, that was disgusting. I would rather feel protected than not. Um, And I've tested the taser and it has a decent range. And I feel like at least it would give me, um, excuse me, at least it would buy me some time. Okay, anyways. This uh, this episode is going to be super off the cuff. I had some things I thought that I was going to talk about, and then sitting here drinking my coffee and thinking about things, I decided to change it up a little bit. And that's the beauty of having your own podcast, right? You can do whatever the fuck you want, especially when you are unprofessional, as I am, and you don't have people or producers or anybody else helping you. You're just doing it yourself. I like it that way. Um, I don't know if I like it as solitary as I am right now, but I'm going to tell you that I'd rather be in this position right now than doing a little monkey dance and trying to fix things with friends that are really aren't friends and trying to revive friendships that have gone to pasture. It's all good. It is all good. Growing pains are just that. They're a little painful, right? Like you just have to, you just have to stand convicted and you just have to know, you have to know what you want. And I think that that's what's been really clear for me once we moved here and all of these changes. And they, they're, the changes are big. The empty nesting, the moving across the country and not knowing anybody, the change in lifestyle, the change in how my husband and I interact with one another. And I, I'm very pleased with, with our flow. We, we, we're in a good groove. We are in a good groove. We are communicating and that's good. I don't like the empty nesting though, you guys. Like, I I knew I would hate having our kid move away, but I hate having our kid move away. And God, I'm so proud of her, and this is what she's supposed to do. And she should never really be living with us again. That means we've done our job good, but oof, it hurts this mama heart. And, you know, once again, I didn't realize, just like I didn't realize how much... I identified with myself as a working individual when I stopped practicing acupuncture and I retired. Man, did I mourn that. And I was blindsided because I didn't realize how much of myself I put into 
being a working professional. And I fucking minimized being a mother in a lot of ways because I was like, oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I used to do this. I used to do that. And I didn't appreciate on so many levels the, I mean, I did. Let's, let's be honest here. I do appreciate and I have appreciated and I loved being able to stay home with my kid. I really did. That was, that was fortunate. And, but I didn't realize that I had taken on a huge, that, that mother had replaced all of the good feelings that I had about myself as far as a working professional. So now, and I'm always going to be a mom. She's always my kid. All of those things are true. But I'm not actively mothering, i.e. making sure she gets up, making sure that her day-to-day processes are happening, right? She is an adult now. She's on her own. She's at college. She's doing her best life. And trust me, that kid is living her best life. Again, I'm so proud of her. So mother is less of an active verb, It's not an adjective, obviously, but I'm still mothering, but it's just very different and it's not, I don't love it. I don't love it. I don't like it. As one of our good friends, my husband and I love to to talk about this. We had a friend, we have a friend, um, actually we met at, that Mark met at a wedding. He, he, when we go to weddings, we, he often will make friends for us because I'm very shy and I don't. I don't do social very well. I'm uh, quite socially awkward. And I'm not doing that or saying that to be cute. It's it's a fact. So he met this couple and we became friends with them. Actually, they might have actually introduced us to this other group of friends that ended up becoming um, our kids' childhood best friend when we lived in the suburbs of New Jersey. They were best friends and they're still good friends, but they're so different now. But they were childhood best friends, like once a week, uh, dinner, dinner play date. They would dress in costumes. Anyways, I've, I've veer, veered way off course there. Um, our friend, whenever you get into an incident, he always would say whether he was... His, his goal in any sort of interaction, transaction, whatever, is to feel happy and whole. You want to be, feel happy and whole. You can be happy, but you're not whole. You can be, yeah. So I'm happy. I'm so happy for our kid. I'm not necessarily a whole about the whole family dynamic being um, three people living under the house. No more. Not happy about that. No, I am happy. I'm not whole. Anyways, Jesus Christ. Um, Speaking of family... Our kid is such a sweet kid and she, you know, as an only child, she, she really, she really values family because we have such a small one. My husband is also an only child. So we have a small fucking family. My dad is an only child. My mom only had one brother. We, we have very few, I have very few cousins. My kid has even less. So she's very connected to family and she was always super close to my dad. And sadly, my dad pretty much has dumped her um, because he's mad at me. And he did that to my sister's kids also. So it's not like this is, you know, personal. It really isn't. It's just, 
He gets really angry if people are not reaching out to him. He feels that people should come to him. He, I don't, I, that's, that's my impression because I bring this up because our kid decided to text him. She, she does. She reaches out to him. She's, she's the only person in our family that, that he has contact with right now. I don't think he's even talking to his cousin who is his best friend. Um, not talking to my sister's kids, not talking to me. She reaches out to him. And the first fucking thing he says to her is you didn't da 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 like fucking goes off on her about something she didn't do that she was supposed to rather than sitting, rather than fucking reaching out himself. He'd rather sit there and be angry and stew about all the things that are happening to him. And, Oh, it's that monkey dance. That's that monkey dance that I think about. Like always having to be the one to fix it. Always having to be the one to say, I'm sorry. Always having to be the one to reach out. And I see that that shit has been so strong throughout my life. In all of the friendships I had had, it's, uh, yeah. And interestingly, my daughter accuses me and I think it's true. She says that I never say I'm sorry, that I'm never willing to back down. And I wonder if I do that, uh, because I've always had to capitulate in every other aspect of my life. So with my family, with my little small family, I think I've gone the opposite way and I'm a total tyrant. Um, and I'm trying to work on that. I try to work on it with my husband. I try to work on it with my kid. I mean, I'm not around her as much, so I don't have as many opportunities to. But when we do talk, I do apologize for things that I've done because um, I don't want I don't want that kind of a relationship for one with her. And I will never, ever be like my dad. I will never fucking sit like an angry person stewing on my thoughts fucking stubborn and oh just fucking passive aggressive stubbornness for no reason i will always knock on my kids door i will always try to fix it i will always nope i am never going to let something like that happen he told uh he told my kid that um you know that there were years that he didn't talk to his mom also and you know he implied that it was mostly his fault um no, he actually said it was mostly his fault, the reason that they weren't speaking, implying, I don't know what, but I don't know why he brings this shit up because he knows, he knows our kid is sensitive. So why would you fucking burden her and dump on her with your bullshit? Well, because I mean, why am I even asking that question? Why am I even saying that? Of course he would do that because that's what he did the entire time my sister was lying, dying in the hospital. He made everybody listened to his tale of woe and then he would come home and fucking try to tell me to and everything has always been about him and it's just it's just too much which is why we aren't speaking right now because he he prefers to think it's because I hate him and that is furthest that's the furthest thing from the truth I love him I just have to protect myself finally I have to 
look out for myself. And, and the sad thing to me is that I didn't do this for myself until I was in my fifties. I didn't acknowledge that my childhood was fucking rough and that he was a major contrib contribution to that. I always put it on my mom. I always put it on other people because I felt like I couldn't, if I, if I acknowledged how awful he was also, then what the fuck did I have? No one, no one, just people that were taking care of me. And listen, I'm not going to knock that. You know, I had a nice life. I lived in a nice house. I, I, uh, had always had food. I always had a place to stay. I, I don't, I'm pretty sure that if I needed to come back after I'd moved out, he, they probably would have let me, I don't know. I, that never happened, but, um, I was able to stay after high school while I worked full time. I didn't have to pay for rent. I didn't have to pay for food. So, you know, they, he took very good care of me and he loved me. He loves me. He did the best that he could, but that doesn't mean that I have to accept his rewritten history just because he's made choices that he feels uncomfortable about or doesn't want to be judged about and then wants to change the story so that he feels better about himself. I'm not, I, the reason that we're in this, part of the reason we're in this position is because those bullshit stories made me so uncomfortable when he would say them He'd look right in my fucking face and he'd know he was lying and I'd know he was lying and I was so uncomfortable and I felt like, God, if he feels so compelled that he has to lie right to my face, I'm not going to call him out on his shit. It's too embarrassing. Just let him go for it. Codependent Kristen, hi, right here, because I don't know if we'd be in this situation if I had called him out on his shit. My sister was so good at it. She always called him out. She never let him get away with anything. And maybe that's why they had a better relationship than we did. My fucking relationship with him was fake. Because fake news. Because I needed that fake news apparently. And now I don't. And it's okay. It's okay. They don't hate him. I hope someday that he'll have the uh, desire to, to reach out and not with a finger pointing, not with a look what you did. This is what you did. Not with a power struggle, not with passive aggressive, <coughs> excuse me. See, I'm getting all emotional talking about it and then my throat gets dry. Anyways, that was, that was a tangent, huh? And I, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what I get there. I don't know what the point of that is other than I wish he wouldn't fucking dump on my kid now too. I really wish he wouldn't do that. And I guess he tries to rein it in sometimes, but leave her the fuck alone. She's just a fucking teenager trying to work her shit out and she's doing a really good job and she doesn't need to be burdened by her grandfather. The end. So that is the story, Morning Glories. I'm going to be in Los Angeles next week when I come talk to you guys. I will probably try to make my episode a little later in the week because of all the fun that I'm going to be having. I'm just kidding. I, I don't anticipate. I don't anticipate that. I 
I don't really have a lot of plans. I'm trying to make plans. People don't like to make plans as much as I like to have plans, I guess. I don't know. What the fuck? I I don't give a fuck anymore. You know that? I really don't give a fuck because here's the thing. I'm going to go to Los Angeles. I really am pleased with where I'm staying. It's a very walkable part of town. I'm not going to rent a car. I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm going to go to the Korean bathhouse and I'm going to do some soaking and some fucking salt room healing. I'm going to do a lot of photosynthesizing. I'm going to be outside walking around and getting my ass some sun so that I can thaw the fuck out. It's cold here. It is cold here. I want to, I want to go to a place called Jumbo's. I've never been. If you know, you know. I want to eat some delicious Mexican food. I, tacos. I mean, I miss the tacos. And, you know, that's about it. I don't have anything else. I'm not shopping. So, I don't know. I hope I see a few friends. If I don't, that's okay. I love you. You do you. I'm going to do me. I've decided that I am my own inspiration and muse because I know what I want to see and I'm going to be it. Goodbye.